I'm excited today because we have a great guest and I've been waiting to talk to her about this topic of physical activity on cognition. We have Dr. Etnaye here with UNC Greensboro and she is a principal investigator on how physical activity can affect Alzheimer's. She also looks at this and her research focuses on cognition and physical activity, not just in Alzheimer's, but in children and kind of across the board. So I'm constantly talking about how exercise is important. Today we have an expert, a doctor in kinesiology, who also is going to stress how exercise is important. And a lot of people just think it's like, oh, I don't feel like it, but it actually affects the brain. So I'm excited to kind of talk to you about this topic today. Welcome. Dr. Hamilton, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to get to talk about my work and about this really important topic. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really important and I'm glad we kind of found each other because Alzheimer's today runs rampant. A lot of people are trying to find cures and I'm always and I've always been kind of the let's try to find prevention, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it sounds like some of the things that you're looking into could actually be prevention. So Tell us in general, how did you get interested in your work? Was it always like a something you've had a passion for or tell me yeah, that? Really, to be honest, it was observing my own parents as they were getting older and comparing their experiences to other friends that we had that were in the same age group and just sort of observing that, that you know, people's experiences were so different. And I started to wonder how much of a role physical activity played in terms of specifically their ability to continue to interact cognitively with, with the world. And really part of it too had to do with sort of advancing technology. You know, you think how challenging advancing technology can be for older adults. And I got in this, this question in my mind, like, can you teach an old dog new tricks? Yeah. Well, maybe it depends on how fit that old dog is, right? So if they're active and staying engaged in, in, in in physical activity and also, you know, other forms of social engagement, maybe they can learn better. Yeah, and I agree. So my grandmother has Alzheimer's. I have so obviously, I think everybody has several family members at this point. My mom is now taking care of my grandmother. Mm. I've seen the toll, you know, it, it takes on families in general. You've experienced it firsthand. Mm. My dad is actively trying to avoid ever getting Alzheimer's and so, I'm like, can this be avoided? I, I don't know, but let's talk about kind of dive in on what you have found. How does physical activity, even before you did Alzheimer's, what were you, what was, what correlations were you seeing with physical activity in the brain in general? Yeah, well, we've, we've done a number of different kinds of studies in this area. Some of the time we're looking at a single session of exercise. Like what if I just go out for a 30 minute walk right now? Is that going to benefit me cognitively? And so we've looked at that question in children, in college-aged adults, and in older adults. And consistently, we find that that does make a difference, that if you go out and take a walk for 30 minutes, you're going to get some cognitive benefits that afternoon, or I'm saying afternoon because it's about lunchtime for me. But you know, you're going to get some cognitive benefits shortly after that. And then we've also done work where we've looked at a regular uh, commitment to exercise. So if you exercise, you know, meeting the, the, the guidelines of three times a week, uh, 150 minutes of moderate to vigorous intensity exercise during the week, do you get more long-term benefits? So we've been asking that question in kind of two different, uh, two different ways, but sort of ending up with, with similar answers and that it does make a difference, a benefit for cognition. Okay, so let's back up because I, I need to like kind of take this in again. One, 
episode of exercise, one 30 minute, like a walk, which is not even vigorous. That's right. Can help with cognition, like shortly after that walk. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and one of the things we've been really interesting, interested in looking at is memory. So yeah. we do it in a way that probably is not that real world, you know, like um, we haven't done it where we've given somebody a, a ask them to memorize a shopping list and go into the store and come out with everything right like that'd be a fun yeah. way to do it. But we have said, um, here's a list of 15 words. Can you remember this list of words? And if we expose them to physical activity before we read that list of words to them, they'll remember the list better. And what I think is really interesting is that they'll remember it better 24 hours later. So oh, not wow. just in the short term, but you can have effects that will last, you know, that are that durable, that will last up to 24 hours longer. Wow. Just by the exercise. So that's the way you guys did it in your study. So you exposed them to words or pictures or whatever it yep, was, yep. had them go exercise one, one episode and then retested their memory compared to a control group that did not that's exercise. Right. And the people who did the 30 minute walk did better immediately after and then 24 hours after. Is that, that the way you guys did That's it? exactly right. And we've done that with children, with school-age children. Yeah. We've done it with college-aged adults and we've done it with older adults. So across the lifespan, this seems to be a pretty consistent finding. And do you know what is the correlation? Like, you know, I'm a, like you, like a science geek. Like, yeah. why does physical activity, like getting the blood flow going, like, because I've always put physical activity is good for the heart, good for the muscles, right? But like, yep. why would physical activity improve cognition, specifically memory? And this is great for parents who have kids. We're always stressing they need to get out and play. So many kids now, and this is my pet peeve, are on devices, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, go out and play. You know, that's what you guys need to do. Get some physical activity. And now you have proof saying if children play and across the board, their yeah. memory will be better. I.e., they'll do better in school. They'll retain yeah. stuff better. So I think this is like great. So what is the connection between physical activity and memory? Why does yeah. that work? Well, people are really looking at some things called neurotrophic factors and neurotrophic factors. You can sort of think of those as growth factors for the brain. Okay. So when you exercise, you have an increase in the release of these neurotrophic factors. And the ones people are looking at, it'll make sense. It's called brain derived neurotrophic factor or BDNF. And so what people think is that this increase in BDNF helps with um, like the long-term retention of those memories. So yeah. it's sort of like, um, I sort of think of it as miracle grow, honestly, okay. because it's like you're adding something to the brain that is allowing uh, growth in a positive direction, strengthening of synapses, strengthening of memories. Okay. And when you talk about it chronically, then you might be talking about growth of neurons. Like you've heard how the brain is plastic. Yes, right? so yes, you talk have about that a lot, neuroplasticity, yes. Yeah, so you can still have these positive changes to the brain. Well, long-term physical activity, perhaps through the release of BDNF, leads to measurable growth and change in the brain. Okay. Usually we see it in the hippocampus, which is because the hippocampus is important for memory. That's right. one of the reasons that we've been looking at memory in our studies. Okay, so this is really interesting. And so let me just tell you my own kind of um, experience. So worked obviously in the pandemic. So as a surgeon, and then when the pandemic came, normally I do weight loss, but I went to do um, in-home care, a lot of in-home care. We did a lot of wounds. I went back to kind of a more acute care. 
to treat like people affected by the pandemic. A lot of people couldn't get out. So I found myself going into a lot of homes, rehab, but also skilled nursing facilities. And I've noticed in general, and not just in that setting for the past year, but just in my older family members that I know, the more active that they are and the more social they are, they almost seem to do better versus the ones that are socially not engaged or physically not engaged, they declined quick. So even when I was working in those nursing skilled facilities, once they got COVID, for example, they went on a hall by themselves. They couldn't leave. They couldn't do anything for like weeks and they declined so quickly. Mm-hmm. And it was even in those couple weeks because there really wasn't getting any physical activity and they weren't getting any social engagement really because they were kind yeah. of confined to the room. I mean, pandemic was obviously for everybody really awful. But I noticed when I saw them again, like when they came out of that, they were like this different person. And I'm like, mm-hmm. almost like what happened? But I, and that was such a short period of time. It was like two, two weeks, sometimes three weeks if their symptoms continued. But even in my own family members, I noticed the ones that are more outgoing, the ones that are active, they are better, like cognitively better versus the ones that after they retire, they just kind of go sit down and I don't know, mope. They decline cognitively very quickly. Is this kind of what you guys are seeing in the long term when you've like looked at the long term studies? Yeah, I mean, I think that's so powerful what you just said, Dr. Hamilton, because when you talk about seeing it anecdotally in friends and family members and people that you're responsible for their care, um, it's just so powerful, right? So the work that I'm doing is lab-based, right? And I'm typically looking at people who are relatively healthy because we want them to be active. So we wouldn't, we wouldn't ask somebody who was vulnerable or frail necessarily to start exercising. Um, yeah, so we're, we're usually working with people who are, who are pretty able-bodied because we're looking at it as a preventative. Right. But what you just talked about, you know, you think about the human brain, (laughs) what an incredible organ. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if you isolate it in terms of social isolation, if you uh, limit the amount of physical activity and engagement with the environment, it it sort of makes sense. Like it's going to, you know, this is this is obviously being metaphorical, but it's going to shrivel up and die. Yeah. Right. Because it's not being exposed and challenged. And so. I think your example with really vulnerable groups is really powerful because um, I think it emphasizes what I am trying to say, which I think is right on par with you, which is it is so important to stay socially engaged and physically active because you are then challenging this powerful organ in a way that benefits it and allows it to stay plastic and allows it to stay um, growing and healthy. Yeah. And, and I think that also, so I think, physical activity and social engagement. And we, you talked about trophic, meaning I almost look at it as like growth, like you were saying, versus mm-hmm. shriveling. And so yeah. when you exercise, when you're socially engaged, it's almost like the brain stays beefy and it grows mm-hmm. versus there are, you've seen, they've done studies on people in Alzheimer's and some of these other, where the brain has shrunk and it's known, it's known in older population, the brain does shrink. That's why they're more prone to head bleeds and all this other stuff that I kind of see more on my end because it does shrink. And so um, I think that being all these outside factors that are not medications, the fact that these have the ability to kind of keep that beefiness of the brain, I think is amazing. So what are you seeing? So you do, you're testing kind of the population beforehand. Now, are you following those out? 
how are you seeing the relationship between Alzheimer's if they don't already have Alzheimer's and people who are healthy? Yeah, that's a really insightful question. So in our studies called Physical Activity and Alzheimer's Disease 2, or PAD2 with two A's, um, if people are interested in learning more about it. Yes. But essentially what we're looking at is um, individuals who have a family history of Alzheimer's disease. So these are people who are 40 to 65 years of age right now. And for most of them, their parent, one of their parents has Alzheimer's disease. And most of our participants are actually caregiving for that parent right yeah. now. Um, and so these, sorry to interrupt. Sure. If you have a parent that has the disease, are you more prone? Yes. To Alzheimer's. Okay. Yes. So they're, they're yes. genetically more prone to getting Alzheimer's because obviously their parent got it. Okay. That's Sorry. right. There's a, there's a familial link and a genetic link. Now those two things are actually independent and yeah. that's probably partly because we don't totally understand the genetics, right? Yeah. So there's a gene called apolipoprotein E. E, yes. Um, APOE for short. Mm -hmm. And there's an allele, the allele four, epsilon four, that if you get that from your parent, then your chances are also increased. Okay. So, so let me say that, and let me say that again. So we're recruiting people with a family history because they have a family history. They have a slightly increased risk of Alzheimer's disease yeah. okay. amongst our participants. Some of them will have none of the E4 allele. Some will have one and some will have two. And you guys, the ones who have, we test it. Yeah. Okay. So the more E4 alleles, the, the more additional risk of Alzheimer's you have, mm. that's now a genetic risk. Okay. And so what we're looking at really is if the benefits of physical activity, which we firmly believe we're gonna find because previous research has found it and our own research has found it, yes. if those benefits differ depending on the person's genetic risk. So what I hope we find is that even if you have both copies of the E4 allele putting you at this greater genetic risk, yes. you still get the same benefits from physical activity. Like, wouldn't that be wonderful? Because that would, that would be mean crazy. everybody would, would be mean, working out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if you had a family history of Alzheimer's, that would be an incredible motivator, right? right? Because now you've seen how horrific this disease is. And so, like you were saying, people would be really motivated to do anything in their power yes. to make sure that they do not suffer the same experience. And what's really cool, I want to make sure I say this, is that um, there is evidence that if you could delay the onset of Alzheimer's disease, by say five years, then you would dramatically reduce the numbers of people living with Alzheimer's because, and this will sound, I don't like the way this always sounds, but if I could delay the onset by five years, then you may die from something else. Yeah. You may never experience Alzheimer's, Correct. right? So just by delaying it, you know, if, you, if, if the average age of onset is say 78, if I can delay that by five years to 83, yeah. then you have more quality of life and maybe you never even experience dementia to the extent where it's really, you know, negatively impacting your life and your family's quality of yeah. life. Yeah, I agree because the burden of Alzheimer's is not just on the person, right? Like, I mean, and you know this firsthand, yes. after a while, yes. they don't honestly even know what's going on. Um, it's really the caretaker. And now yeah. we have all this data on taking care of the caretaker because this is, was relatively new for a lot of yeah. people, you know, and now the caretakers are depressed, burnt out because they don't really know how to manage this. And now there's this almost like whole new medicine or treatment modality 
for specifically for caretakers because honestly of this disease it's mostly of this disease you've always had people who've had traumatic accidents and but the the incidence of alzheimer's and dementia has significantly gone up that i feel or maybe it's just never was diagnosed 30 years ago i don't know what's going on i feel like everybody is affected by alzheimer's oh now almost yeah. everybody well, is affected people and I, are living why I'm the incidence is so high no that's fine i don't know if it's food or i don't know do you have any well, i think it's it has well it has a lot to do with longevity right which just makes sense so if 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 alzheimer's is a disease of old people yeah then as as medical advances have allowed us to um live increase how long people live we have more old people we yeah. also have the baby boomer generation which is a large group of individuals who are living into advanced age and so yeah. that's you know that's that's a huge part of it but i th i think to your point as well um you know with alzheimer's disease that's a long drawn out process yeah. different from some of the other things that you mentioned where you know somebody has a heart attack or somebody has a stroke and um i guess a stroke's maybe not a good example but some of those illnesses that are more acute in nature yeah so the caregiver isn't caring for somebody for 10 or 15 years Correct. with this illness it's more short term and so the the impact of Alzheimer's, like you rightly point out, is just, it's devastating to families. Yeah, yeah, I've seen, my mom is going on 10 years now with my grandmother, and I will say to my mom's effect, like my mom is very adamant about her getting out and taking a walk, like she's around grandkids, great grandkids, and so she's getting that social interaction. I've seen people, and I hate to say this because I know taking care of parents can be a burden, especially if their my mom was still working. She actually retired oh, wow. early, you know, to take care of her mom. To caregive. Still actually yeah. in working age. But um, she, um, if she would have put her, I think, in a maybe a home or a place, which I've seen other people, they don't seem to do as, they don't seem to last as long. Like, mm -hmm. and, and I hate to say that this is just my own observation from me actually down now dealing with it because when my mom needs a break, I'll help, you know what I'm saying? We all kind of pitch in. Um, but I think one of the reasons my grandmother has done so well with this and has lived as long as she has with this disease is because of kind of what you were saying, social interaction. Mm -hmm. We make sure we go outside and, and walk with her. We expose her to as many different things as possible. And it has, and, and my mom, we had her on meds initially. And my mom felt like the meds, my mom's in the medical field also. She mm -hmm. thought the meds zonked her out. She took her off the meds. My grandmother has been on no meds for Alzheimer's for probably eight wow. of 15 years. Wow. And she's, you know, you can tell she's declining, but she's still here and she's still, you know, we try to still interact with her. And so the power of like, we've been talking social and physical activity and
confirm with you that this actually exists because I've seen that with my own inter interactions and you're actually doing the research on this, how physical activity actually does affect. So do you have any research? So you've done the, the short term where the one minute, 30 minute walk, you've shown that long term exercise can benefit memory. How did you look or test that? Oh yeah, so that's a great question. So in the in the PAD study that we're doing now, the PAD two study, um, we actually do almost well. It's almost three hours of cognitive testing with our participants, and the reason is because we're really interested in understanding the effects of physical activity across all the cognitive domains. So you can imagine, you know, cognitively, there's so many different things we do. There's yeah. um, sort of speed of processing, just how quickly can you respond to a stimulus? Um, wow. Inhibition, like. Uh, can I inhibit an inappropriate response, which is really important with older age? Yeah. Um, memory, you know, lots of different kinds of memory, word lists, visual, visual cues, um, paragraphs. So anyway, we, we test it in all sorts of different ways. And so what we're doing in our study is that we do all of those tests at baseline, and yeah. then people get randomly assigned to either exercise for a year or to just maintain their normal lifestyle for a year. And we test everybody again at six months and at, at 12 months. And the other thing that we're doing that I, I know you'll find really interesting is that we're also doing MRI measures. So we're getting structural and functional measures of brain um, structure, obviously, but then also brain function or ability um, yeah. while somebody's doing a task. And, you know, it may be that the MRI measures are the most sensitive. We, we anticipate that we will see changes in a positive direction for the folks who are involved in the physical activity intervention. Oh my gosh, that's so and, exciting. And the intervention is just walking and strength training with TheraBands, three yeah. days a week for up to an hour, once, once you sort of progress up to being able to do that much. And that, honestly, that's not that much at all. Three days a that's, week is doable for anybody. Yeah, that's part of why we chose that, because it's accessible, it's reasonable, anybody could do it. And we're using the TheraBands because same thing, they're not expensive, anybody could have TheraBands in their home, and the exercises are, are easy, we can teach people how to do them. Yeah. I think that's awesome. So have you, are you at, what month are you at? Are you at six months, 12 months? We or have um, 12 months because the study is not complete yet, but. Right, right, right. We have pre-tested um, about 80 people. Okay. And we have about 30 people who have, oh, let me take that back. We have about 20 people who have completely finished the full year, but okay. we're trying, we're trying to get up to 240 people. That's so we'll still we'll still be recruiting for the next couple of years and um you know are just looking for people who are willing to be a part of the study yeah and so far what you've seen from this and previous research is people who exercise three times a day for up three to times a week three times a week i'm sorry <laughs> yeah, right 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 oh my gosh <laughs> thank you three times a week are cognitively improved in several areas that's exactly right. And, you know, that's pretty remarkable when you think about it, because yes. we're looking at middle-aged and older adults. Mm -hmm. So one year of physical activity is benefiting your ability to perform on cognitive tasks. Yeah. And if we find the underlying changes in brain structure and function, that will really support, you know, that they're, that they're mechanistically linked, which I know is what you're really interested in. Yeah, that'll be really exciting, because I'm always like, is there data? Is there data? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. This is going to be so exciting. I can't wait until the study comes out. Like, I know there's going to be a benefit. And like, people often figure, say, oh, I'm too old. I'm this age. Or it's never, 
clearly you're stating you've done this in kids, you've done this in middle age, you've done this in older. It's never too late to start exercising or start moving. Mind you, it may need to be stepwise, right? You always say, like, talk to your doctor. You guys have all, everybody kind of monitored. It's never too late to kind of start. So I never want to hear that as an excuse. And now we know not only does physical activity affect so many other organs that I've previously discussed, like um, weight, heart, all this other stuff, cholesterol, but now we're saying it actually affects the brain and can potentially help with memory. It for sure helps with memory. That's now right. we're trying to see, can this be preventative in Alzheimer's? This is, that's right. That's like, and the, the one thing I want to pick up on that you said as well is it's also never too early to start, right? Because we've talked about kids a little bit and what we actually know is that physical activity in kids like the brain is, is plastic into advanced age, but it's really ready to be changed during young age, yeah. right? During children. Yeah. So if children are physically active, what we believe is that they're building a healthier brain that will then stay with them for their life. It will benefit them academically while they're in school, but it also increases, I can't remember the word you used, the bulkiness, was it bulk that you used? <laughs> Something like that, the meatiness. <laughs> the meatiness, yeah. Like the, you know, if you exercise as a child, you might increase the meatiness of the brain, which means that even if you stop exercising and start to experience declines, you're still, you're starting at a higher spot, yeah, you are. right? Great. So physical activity is so important across the lifespan um, and for an outcome that people don't often think about because they don't often realize how important it is for brain health. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Etnaye. This was a great topic and I'm sure we're going to help so many people. I'm so excited. Once you get the results, we'll have to bring you back and kind of confirm what we both are already thinking is the case, but now we'll have data to kind of back that up and that'll be awesome. Thank you so much for our position. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me and, and thank you to all your listeners as well. Thank you.